Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in everyday life. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast. I'm here with Pastor David and Pastor Bob, between two pastors. (laughs) Between the rock and the hard place. (laughs) And we are um, kind of in this series where we're talking about the fivefold ministry, and uh, we're going to begin kind of breaking down each one of those five. Should do the five. The five-fold. The five-fold ministry. Yes. I'm good with that. So today, we're going to talk about apostles. Oh, yeah, those guys. Those guys. Somebody we know so little about, huh? Well, we'll just make it up as we go along. All right, we can do that. Sounds good. Other people have. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, yes. This is a very misunderstood um, office assignment function. Yes. So we'll... um, Break it open a little bit today. I don't know, Pastor David. Do you want to yeah. start off and just kind of tell us what an apostle is? Yeah, scripturally, do, biblically. Do my best. Um, there was a lot of misunderstandings about apostles and the churches I grew up in, and mm. they were sort of demonized and seen as people rewriting the Bible and taking authority over the Bible, adding to revelation. That's not really the scriptural idea of an apostle. Mm. It means just sent one, as you guys probably know in the Greek. Um, But it was an office that Jesus gave to build the church and to lay a foundation of the church. And it's built on the revelation of Jesus. So in uh, in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul, who was an apostle, he says, I was an apostle, and like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation for the church in Corinth. And he said, no foundation can anyone lay other than what's laid, Christ Jesus. And so the revelation of Jesus is the foundation of the church. And apostles are in charge of giving that revelation and bringing it into new places um, and bringing it into places where maybe there wasn't a church or where the church has stepped away from the kingdom, mm-hmm. um, being messengers and ambassadors of the kingdom. So there's a lot of going that apostles do, and there's a lot of sending that they do in order to establish the revelation of Jesus. Does that make sense at all when I say that? So, yeah, can you say that over yeah, here? No. <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> That was well, a one and done. Yeah, I know right. this is something that we talk about that scripturally, um, a lot of times people, well, a lot of times there's this misconception about apostles that they're like the pinnacle of mm-hmm. ministry, right? It's like it's, if you oh. live a good enough life and you um, put in your time and you build your <laughs> ministerial success, you achieve it. You achieve yes. the state of apostleship. And you get a lot of money. Right. And it's really, it's really not, it's really not that at all. I know one thing is that we teach concerning apostles and prophets, like the word says that they are, um, that the church is built on the, on them, on them, the foundation. Yeah. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I'd like to say first that a lot of the times, uh, especially I think in modern church history, not the way it was, but Mm -hmm. modern times, uh, we turned apostles into a position or a title mm. right and and they are a title and they are a position mm-hmm. but that's not their real focus mm-hmm. because you can get all caught up in the title and uh in your position you know where i am in the church um and really lose sight because the reality of that title is like pastor david was saying uh you are a sent one you're actually if you look at how Paul and most of the other apostles describe themselves, they describe themselves as a servant, Mm -hmm. a slave, Mm -hmm. if you will, to the church. Mm -hmm. So you can, it's like, it's been flipped around instead of being that foundation that you're talking about, that the church is built upon established on. It's now 
turned into this top level thing that oversees and uh i'm going to say this really but sometimes not because there are some great apostles running around on the planet Mm -hmm. today believe it or not Mm -hmm. but become overlords rather than really where they were supposed to be foundational people yeah and now it's interesting because our founding uh, not our founding pastor but she taught about that she was an apostle but also our current pastor pastor pat he teaches about this about how you know uh it's like we've got it backwards we look at ourselves you know apostles start to look at themselves up mm-hmm. instead of foundational yeah like something it's, that's and built when on. you were saying that too i was getting this picture like if you take the foundation of a house yeah. and try to put it on the top Right. It's going to crush it. Yes. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not meant to be there. And all that's going to result from that being out of order is this oppression, this heaviness that's going to happen. It's just like I got the visual of that when you were, (laughs) when you were talking (laughs) about that, if you get things out of order, it brings, uh, it does bring oppression. It brings, um, limitation too. I think it also brings confusion. It's, Mm. it's the same way with foundational truths. Mm. If you try to take uh, things that God wants to build on a foundation and try to put them before the foundation, you get a bunch of people who are confused. They are dealing with things that are, I'm going to say, real lofty in God, let's just say, which are great things. And I love those things. We like to talk about them. But the reality is, without a foundation, there's a lot of confusion with those things, with doctrinal truths. It's the same thing, I believe, with the foundation that God's building in the church, mm-hmm. the uh, apostles and prophets, uh, and I believe actually the whole fivefold ministry where he's building on them. And they have to be that structure that um, it makes sense. It's supposed to go there first. Yeah. It's not supposed to be up here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's not like trickle down God, <laughs> right? right? Because he came to serve. He came to be a servant for all. Yeah, it's and, a paradox that they have the highest ranking and yet the most obligation to serve at yes. the same time. And they have the most authority, but they're also under authority, I would say. Yes. Um, and so that's a really important point, I would say, is like if you're an apostle, if that's a calling that you have that God's shown you through prophecy or however that's been recognized in your life, you need to be under authority. You can't just say like, I'm the one that's Mm -hmm. on top and I will command everybody and I will demand that everybody do what I say. That was never the spirit of Jesus or the early apostles. Um, They were ones that were slaves, like, like you said, and they, they actually got down in the dirt and the mud to scrape out a foundation. Yes. It's not a glamorous job. You just right. built a house, didn't you? How was that when you? Built oh, that was the, the foundation part was, was a big house, by the way. Big, it's too nice. big. <laughs> we, we upsized in our yeah, old yeah. age. <laughs> but I remember my son saying while we we're building a house, they, they got, he said, "You know, when we're out of the dirt, you're going to be so happy." And I didn't realize that until we were pouring the foundation, the concrete, which mm. was a lot of concrete actually. And I remember the words that spilled out of my mouth after months of digging trenches and putting steel in there to strengthen the foundation and all the attention that has to go to a foundation so that it's sure or else you run into problems all during the build. Everything becomes a problem after that. Mm. And it's like, you know, <laughs> it's like the leaning tower piece. You know, it's, yeah. it's, that's how it works. It's if you start off bad, it doesn't get better. 
Right. Um, and so it's it's really important. I mean, it's not just important. I believe it's actually one of the essential things of God mm-hmm. is that we actually understand uh, who apostles are yeah. and why they're there. So, and that's what I said. We we want to put so much on the title, you know, rather than on really the assignment they have in God mm-hmm. and the function they have. Because when we put a lot of attention on that. And then we start to look into the Bible and start to see how these guys and women functioned. Women? Yeah, wow. there were, there were sure. a couple of those. <laughs> was, uh, That's why we got you here. Yes. <laughs> That's an important point. Yeah. It's an important point because it is um, in Romans 16, there's Junia. Junia yeah. Outstanding among the apostles. And you can look at all the, uh-huh. Uh, translation gymnastics that people do to try to make her name into a male. Right. Uh, but it's a right. feminine noun. And, uh, or to say that it's just, oh, she was of note among, among the, <laughs> yes. the apostles thought well yeah. of her. Yes. And, but that's not what it's saying. So, yes. uh, you know, throughout the Bible, there's women that hold the office of prophetess and apostle. And that's in the New Testament. Right. But, I mean, that's offensive if you don't have that doctrine right. necessarily. But that was a side note. <laughs> that was a great side <laughs> note. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's good, to, good to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in understanding what an apostle is, because um, sometimes it can seem a little bit like nebulous, right? You're mm-hmm. kind of like this apostle thing, and we see what they're doing and mm-hmm. trying to formulate, okay, this is what an apostle is. This is what they do. You know, this is what their function is. This is their assignment, all of that. For me, one thing that really helped me understand the function of an apostle and what their assignment is, is this, you know, this Greek word that you mentioned, apostolos, mm-hmm. what that was in the culture mm-hmm. of that time the and that um what it meant during that time this is why Paul chose this word was the, the Romans adopted this greek um meaning of this sent this sent yeah. person this sent convoy and they actually had a part of their um army that was the apostolos and they would go into um, a region that they were that they had conquered, mm-hmm. and the job of that there was like a general, that person, and their entire company was to go to that place that they had conquered and to settle it mm-hmm. and to make it as much like Rome as possible. Yes, right. So they would go in there, they would build infrastructure, they would establish um, civil um, government, they put in, they would bring in education, they would train people, they would teach people. And they would make it like their homeland mm-hmm. so that if the emperor were to ever come visit it, it would be as much like mm-hmm. home for him as possible. Yes. Right. And when I got that picture, I was like, oh, my gosh, this helps me yes. so much understand <laughs> what an apostle is mm-hmm. as someone who's not just sent to, like, go on a mission or sent to, like, be a great preacher or, like, to be, you know, some acclaimed person. But actually their job is, like, to go into places that don't look like the kingdom and bring the kingdom there and, but do it in a very practical functional way. Like this is what it looks like to live this way. Let me help set up structures. Let me help put people in the right places. Right. Right, That's a lot of what an apostle does is like Mm -hmm. setting up order and bringing things into godly order so that it looks like where they're from. Right. Like a heavenly, they bring the heaven blueprint, but then actually, Enact it. I love that. I, I actually, when I see that, see that also yeah. is that 
they bring a jurisdiction into mm, place. You know, a lot of uh, Christianity, which is a great thing, by the way, talks and speaks to breaking strongholds, coming in and conquering, mm -hmm. which we know we're more than conquerors, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and so we get all that and we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to be the breakers. We're supposed to go in and, and, and break through the enemy's uh, strongholds in the earth, everywhere in the earth. But the apostle, like you were saying, is more uh, where he comes in and establishes the jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it's almost as if the, you know, the war's done now. And right. now we're now we're planting our scepter in that place. Mm -hmm. And we're making that place, and I love the way you said it, we're making that place um, acceptable where it can receive our king. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because we were joking around before the podcast about uh -huh. Old Testament apostles. Yes. And Joshua really was one because uh -huh. when they entered the promised land, it was Canaanite. It was completely pagan. It was devoted mm -hmm. to other customs. Yes. And God said, I'm going to give you the victory. I'm going to break them. I'm going to deliver them into your hand. But you have to occupy the ground. Yes. You have to go into those cities that you didn't build. But here's the culture that you're going to bring. Here's mm -hmm. my law. Here's my case law, my ceremonial law, my sacrificial system. Put this in place. It's going to be completely different than everything that existed there before. And Joshua would have only been doing, you know, a quarter or half of his job if all he did was um, go in and bring the sword. He also had to bring mm -hmm. a culture and he had to bring a new kingdom. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, that's really helpful, I, th I think, to think about it. I think also uh, bringing the culture of the kingdom is it's sometimes we get that mixed up with bringing the customs of mm. our area. Yeah. to another mm. place because mm. that They're was never same? no not the same <laughs> and it was never successful in all of christian history <laughs> you know we go yeah. into china and try yeah. to make them you know the english when they went you know try to make them all mm. english mm. <laughs> you know it's spanish like spanish inquisition yeah, <laughs> yes no, my <laughs> spanish wow. yeah exactly <laughs> the reality there is we're we're preparing them for our king mm -hmm. and you know and god's coming to people who they are, exactly who, how he made them. And we're preparing their hearts. We're preparing their spirit to receive the king. Mm -hmm. We may not change some of their outward stuff that they do right? and how they look, if you will. It, it may, it's not so much an outward thing. It's more a, a, a condition of the heart and whether it's receptive, whether it's prepared for the king. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the important things too about that is that um, an apostle, when they go in somewhere, a region, a church, a, you know, a community, they're not looking at, let me, let me set up my kingdom here, right? They're looking at, I'm a representative. I'm a delegate from somebody yes. else. Right. I'm here to enact their their will, their, you know, in case of our arcing, like the perfection mm -hmm. of his desires for people, but not to build something for themselves mm -hmm. um, and not even to build something like where they're going to do everything. Like I'm going to, you know, build up the, the school and I'm going to be the teacher. I'm mm -hmm. going to build up the church and I'm going to be, I'm going to preach there and I'm going to build up this and I'm going to do that. They actually are building something um, for everyone that's living there to function in yeah, and absolutely. to, and then, um, putting them in place. And this is part of the, I think the very foundational thing about an apostle, they're not there to build up their ministry. So everyone can serve them. Right. We talked about that, but they're actually there to empower right. other people 
to come into their position, Mm -hmm. the place that God designed for them to be and to equip them and to encourage them and to bring things into order when they're out of order, but really so that the people can flourish in the design that the Lord has. Yeah. And there's a, a strange little transition that happens there when an apostle comes in also because, and we see this in the Bible Mm -hmm. because uh, like Paul and, Peter, all of them, they came in and for a time they did expect people to look at them and somewhat um, imitate them. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and and that was a good, you know, and, you know, Paul talks about my traditions, right? Which, Mm -hmm. you know, those are godly traditions also. Mm -hmm. They weren't just every tradition, but he's, he's expecting them to kind of, hey, this is how we do it because they have no knowledge of how it's done. And then he's preparing them to actually function in that in those positions. So like you say, for a time they can come in and actually, mm-hmm. like Paul, he was probably the pastor of a lot of churches, oh, you know, no. for a time, mm-hmm. and then pulled back and became their apostle because he demonstrated, he showed, or he set somebody up to be the, uh, exactly. the, the pastor right. there and the teachers there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as a you know good father looking into the situation, something that he helped birth, in Christ, he was concerned about like, Hey, if they were getting off mm-hmm. like weird and weird tangents or weird doctrines or, you know, Gnostics are coming in or other folks are coming in that think that they've got it all. And they don't, they, they're like another gospel, if mm-hmm. you will, like he puts mm-hmm. it, they, he's, he's concerned about that. So that's why he writes back to these, most of, I think a lot of his letters are writing back to a place that he helped establish. And then, uh, and like I said, he, he demonstrated mm-hmm. and then expected somebody to pick it up and walk with that and go with that and not mm-hmm. just uh like you say him having to be there doing that all because he would he couldn't right he, it was not possible right and it's so the, it's the heart of a father i mean we yeah. have a guy wonderful man that comes here apostle leon walters oh I, yeah i asked him what his definition was of an apostle and he said it's it's really a father's heart that was I as simple it. as he made it mm-hmm. um, because Paul was, you know, you mentioned Paul, he was connected with the the ministries and the churches that he helped to bring about that he has, it, it wasn't just some organization that he set up. Um, like Liz said, it wasn't something that he just built for himself. Um, he wanted to raise these people up in God. He wasn't bringing a revelation of himself. Mm-hmm. He was bringing a revelation of Jesus. Yeah. He was laying the foundation of Christ and the life that's like mm-hmm. Christ. And so he said, imitate me because I'm living that. Yeah. And that's what a father does. And, um, you know, the, I think like some, some people may be listening and they're saying, you know, am I called to be an apostle? How do I know if I'm hmm. called to do that? I used to want to be called, you know, called as an apostle because I just wanted to do everything. Like Liz was saying, like, I just want to be able to do everything and not need anybody else and just be able to do all the miracles and all the teaching. And then, then I won't have to worry about anybody else. Um, but that's not really right. Like we're saying it's not the heart of God. Um, it's more to send people. But, you know, maybe you're, you're listening or um, you're like, how do I know if I'm an apostle? Well, it's the same, what, same thing. I would just have the same advice for them that I would, I would have for anybody is if you think that's your calling, just start walking in it. Just start having the heart of it. Right. And so start fathering, start mothering, like start actually caring about people and beginning to reveal Jesus to people. And then, you know, if that's your your path, the Lord's going to reveal that more and more. But it's not all about power. It's not all about what ministries you can create. It's not all about influence. It's not all about being the, you know, the spiritual overlord that Pastor Pat said. It's about can I love people and reveal Jesus? 
Mm. Yeah. But what did God say to, you know, Jesus said to Peter was flesh and blood couldn't reveal to you that I'm the Christ. That was right. from the father. Now right. I'm going to build the church on you. I'm going to build the church on your ability to reveal mm. Jesus to others and yeah. to establish them in Christ. So anyway, that's mm. a bit of a soapbox there, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like so glad you guys <laughs> brought up the, yeah. the subject of fathering because that really is, I mean, that will distinguish somebody who is just about the position and the, um, the affluence of that, <laughs> that mm. position yeah. as yeah. opposed to someone who really is genuinely caring for people, um, and fathers and, you know, and mothers, they, they, um, they care for people differently. They're vested in not just their successes, but also in correcting and training because they care enough to, right. you know, it's like, you know, Paul saying you have many teachers, but not many fathers. Yes. Um, meaning you have a lot of people who are willing to speak into certain areas, but you don't have people who are actually willing to invest in your life as a father or mother does and bring yeah. correction and bring encouragement and know that enough about your life to be able to speak to the, the details of it and yeah. build you, uh, build you up. Mm-hmm. And fathers and mothers are, um, they're reproducers. I think yeah. that's one of the hallmarks of an apostle is that if you're wondering if someone is apostolic or not, mm-hmm. are they reproducing themselves? Are they, or are they just trying to protect their mm-hmm. ministry or are they actively developing yeah, sons and daughters to be like them and eventually take, take their spot? Cause that's what an apostle right. does. Wait, you want your right? kids to leave home? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> it's that's a good a, deal. That's a sign of it's success, right? Just leave them there till they're seventy. It's a successful thing. <laughs> they can still eat the Hungry Man TV yeah. dinners yes. in the basement. Yeah, she wants them to leave when they're thirty-six. <laughs> yes, she wants them to stay with me forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but so this, funny. but this, that I do believe that that is one of the distinguishing marks on someone who's actually operating in the apostolic, whether or not they've been given the official title or recognize sometimes people aren't totally recognized until after they've been doing something for a while, mm-hmm. but that you see someone who is, um, reproducing, who is empowering people, who is pushing them forward, who is, um, promoting them, wanting them, you know, I'm giving them opportunities to step into areas of influence and effect and, and ministry. Um, that's, well, I think also the the, that's the real difference between the, two labels that I called fathers and mothers versus mommies and daddies. Right. Because you, you know, we've all been, you've been mommy and daddy and (laughs) you're a new daddy and uh, (laughs) well, not a new one, but just recent. It's great. But, uh, but there's a time when we're daddying when we're right. Mommying we're that's a time. And that time must, uh, must pass. It, it mm-hmm. has to, or else there's no growing, there's no changing, which is a big hunk of what the apostolic is supposed to do. It's part of the assignment of the apostolic. I actually believe it's the anointing of the apostolic. Mm-hmm. So when the when they when a, a person who's anointed to be apostolic, they actually are a father. Mm-hmm. They are they are that. They aren't. They don't um, act like one. That's who they are. It comes from them. It flows from that. At all times, they look yeah. at uh, the people that God's put in their care. And by the way, some of those people might need a daddy for a time, mm-hmm. but they understand they're not their assignment. Their anointing is not to keep them as a person who needs a daddy or a mommy, mm-hmm. but to actually 
grow them up, which is the whole thing in Ephesians. It's the whole right. the whole aspect of why the fivefold is brought into the church. There's this maturity aspect, this growing up mm-hmm. that is so uh, essential in the church. And the problem is, if you're mommying and daddying, you stunt growth. Mm. You stunt growth. And like you said, <laughs> I think Pastor Dave was saying, yeah, you just or you did too, <laughs> live with me till you're 80. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, that's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not going to reproduce uh, like, like Liz was saying, it's yeah. not going to spread the seed of the church. It's not going to fulfill the great commission from the ultimate apostle, Jesus yes. who said, go make disciples of all nations. Here's all authority. They won't reproduce. Earth. No, they won't. Yes. So, yeah. And Jesus, I don't know, always blows my mind. So here's Jesus as an apostle, Right picks these guys, walks with them for three years, and then leaves. And leaves. <laughs> I mean, that to me is just, and it's like, here is the entire fate of the world. It's in your hands. I trust you with it. I'm like, to me, I don't know. That is mind-blowing to me. You didn't, you wouldn't that. have picked those guys, that group. <laughs> <laughs> well, picking them is one thing, you know, you can have, but after kind you know. He did kind of have an insurance policy. He's he like, did. I'm going to send myself by the Holy Spirit. That Make is sure true. Make sure you don't mess it up too bad. That is true. I don't know. He did write a book for him. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. But I do think that like looking at, okay, so obviously Jesus is the, the prime, perfect example of each one of these offices, mm-hmm. you know, pastor, teacher, um, apostle. And he's someone who Jesus took risks with people. I mean, he um, he allowed them to function in things and he gave them opportunities to do things, even if sometimes they failed or didn't quite get it. You know, sometimes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that that maybe is one of the ways that um, an apostolic anointing can differ from maybe some of the other, like a teacher, right? right? They're maybe not going to like, be as risky. They're more kind of like line upon line, you know, like <laughs> let's step you right through and, down. you know, right. And then we'll, yeah. we'll you know, like let's, the doctrine <laughs> of <the Trinity laughs> yeah, but I do <laughs> think that apostles and Paul was yeah. like this too. Like, let's take this young guy named Timothy. Let's put him in, in Ephesus, which is like the center of the world in this huge pagan city. And let me, and I'll leave him there. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? This young, this young guy. And I feel like doing that to all the people. <laughs> I just, I <laughs> yeah. but it just seems to be, I don't know what you guys think about this. What I'm asking, but it seems to me in looking at the biblical examples of apostles, they did, um, take some risks with allowing people to operate in things that, you know, they could have easily failed at. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a difference between risk and reckless. Mm -hmm. We have to know the difference. Mm -hmm. And a good father knows the difference. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and like I said, you're growing up a person into this thing. So when when they're a baby or a child growing up, uh, you're teaching them about, well, first of all, you're telling them stay out of the street when they're a baby, Right. right? right? But as they're older, you can't just tell them stay out of the street forever. <laughs> right? That's <laughs> yeah, not going to work. True. Eventually you have to introduce them to the street, mm-hmm. show them how to uh, navigate the street, how to work, how to work with it and not let it run you over. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you're going to have to uh, issue them enough authority so that they can make that decision on their own properly. So it's not recklessness, but it, but it is, uh, risk taking because most of Christianity is a bit of a risk because whether, how do you know they got it? 
Right. How do you know they actually understood and they are locked in and they're not going to make some really crazy uh, you know, decision that wrecks them or wrecks the church that you put them into and and where they fail because of, you know, the pressures that they're not used to, you know, that it, that are coming down the line that could happen to them. Yeah, so what do you what do you think Pastor David? Well, yeah, I mean, just the biblical example coming to mind is where Paul wouldn't take John Mark on a journey. Yes. He wasn't willing to risk that because he knew some of Mark's track record. I mean, later Mark was able to um, sort of redeem himself in Paul's eyes. And in second yeah. Timothy, mm-hmm. Paul said, you know, Mark's very useful yeah. for me yeah. in ministry now. Um, but that created a rift between him and, and Barnabas because Barnabas was also an apostle mm-hmm. and Barnabas took a risk on someone named Saul. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Tarsus, that guy. Major. Yeah. <laughs> he turned into Paul who would not take a risk on Mark. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Barnabas, you know, he, I can understand his perspective of, Hey Paul, I took a risk on you and look, that, that turned out well. Uh, why don't you take a risk on Mark? But Paul, you know, he was a very opinionated guy. He knew how he wanted it to get done. It's his he, way of the didn't highway. Like, he didn't like getting left hanging, and he's like, yeah. you know, fool me once, shame on, yeah. shame on you. you know, yes. uh, he wouldn't let that. He wouldn't let that happen again. So, um, yeah, for us, like we we have to be willing to test people out, but also give people opportunities. And if we really have that apostolic calling. I think that's where, you know, you put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. You know, say, I'm a great apostle. Well, how many people have you really released? How many works have you really released? Are you, are you able to trust someone with something? Mm. And that's a challenge because, you know, maybe, you know, you're probably very gifted if you're in that calling and you've seen results and you know, you think you know how to do it. But um, again, how is it going to reproduce? You can Absolutely. really do it all yourself. Um, yeah. Can you entrust no. that to God? Yeah, and the, like I said, the releasing is never f- full recklessness because right. when people, when the uh, apostle, the general, came mm-hmm. into a place, mm-hmm. um, the people he established and put in place, not people he had no relationship with, didn't know right. who they were. Hope that guy works out. Right. <laughs> he just walked into the camp yesterday. Let's mm-hmm. throw him out there and see if he can go. You know, no, it's people that uh, have been tested and trusted, and they you you know them well. It's like I'm going to get back to because I believe you hit the hit it on the the nail on the head. It's a father's heart, mm-hmm. and that's the 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 key component of that anointing. And that is a father is will have to take a risk on their children, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be reckless with their life, yeah. and they're not going to be reckless with the lives if they're a good father of people around them. Like you're not going to give your you know ten year old the keys to the car and go hey. Yeah. Hey, you sat on my lap and drove the other day. I guess you can do this. You know, it's not it's not like that. But there is a process. There is a progress that has to happen and it's tested, it's verified and validated and then and by the way, that other that weird word I just used, validated, that's another incredibly important component I believe of an apostle because mm-hmm. I believe an apostle validates the people mm-hmm. who they are uh, empowering, anointing to be in position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I was just going to ask, like, what so we've been talking about, like, what an apostle is, kind of what they do. We know a lot of times I think the focus is like on uh, going and starting a church, let's say necessarily. Some yeah. some of the times I think that's like the mm-hmm. general mm-hmm. perception, but yeah. um, an apostle also has a function in the local church. Yeah. Right. I mean, because they're they're building, and even if it's a local church that they've established somewhere. What does that look like? Like how, 
I guess what I'm asking is, okay, for someone listening to this right now, what should they expect to receive from apostle or how should they expect to interact from an apostle or what, what is the apostle to them, right? Cause the fivefold is given to the church to build them, mm-hmm. to equip them, to prepare them for the work of the ministry. What does that look like in a local church? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, I know one function of the apostle is, um, is impartation. So, um, you know, there's, there are gifts that the Lord gives through the laying on of hands through apostles. And, um, I also know um, in the book of Acts, remember there was a, a problem with the widows and feeding all the widows. Mm-hmm. And so the, the apostles commissioned people, like, like mm-hmm. you were saying earlier, they put people in place. The apostles were imparting not just gifts, but, um, but direction as to how people would serve mm-hmm. in the church. And they really did that to protect their connection with the Lord so they could continue to, to be directed by him. They said in Acts 6, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. It wasn't that they that serving tables or serving widows was beneath mm-hmm. them. I believe they s- still did that. But they said our primary focus needs to be hearing from God and taking his direction so that we continue to advance. I think like an apostle has to have an advance mindset. If they lose that, then what, you know, they're the pioneers of the church. Mm-hmm. So they have to cultivate that fire. They have to cultivate that time with the Lord, putting people in place so that that, that machine, for lack of a better word, that, that organism, that body can run. And, and even while they're taking it to the next step, I don't know if that makes sense. But it makes a lot of sense. You can look to yeah. them for vision. You can look to them for impartation, for direction, if they are connected mm-hmm. to God. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. their gift can operate in terms of impartation, but without abiding in the Lord and devoting themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word, they will lose the vision element. Well, they also, when you think about it, just like you were talking out of Acts, they, the people they um, uh, established, the people that they put in place, those weren't like secondary, less than people. I mean, you had people right. who did miracles and, you know, mm-hmm. Stephen and Philip, and these, these are guys that are powerful for God who mm-hmm. went to their death for him, mm-hmm. who, you know, changed the world yeah. really. And so the, it's not like, uh, yes, we are, we must go and seek the Lord while you uh, wait the tables. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They waited the tables cause they're servants, but they also apparently waited on the hand of the Lord mm-hmm. individually in their own right. And so I think Paul, I know Paul, and the rest of the apostles, they were looking um, at these people that they're establishing, realizing they're anoint those people's anointing, understanding that they are going to, you know, raise rise up also, mm-hmm. and and they were establishing the beginnings of future apostles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the The other thing is, and you you asked about this, and mm-hmm. I how the we should like look at an apostle or receive an apostle, you know, to me. It, the position is a, a position of honor and mm-hmm. respect and dignity. It's, I, you know, I mean, we can talk about all the bad stuff that happens with the apostolic, which it does, but there's also a, a component of it. When you run into an actual apostle, you sense that father anointing, mm-hmm. you sense that connection with the Lord and the love toward you. Mm-hmm. And you, and that's why I believe Jesus, you know, when he gave them along with the other four ministries to be a gift to us, like this is not a evil gift. This is a great gift. Right. And right. I mean, obviously in, in, in the world and in life and in Christianity also, 
we can mess up gifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we can take that and just make it some weird religion thing. But the reality is these are men and women of God that have, uh, that God gave to you to care for your life, to build your life, to validate your life, and to uh, bring your life into the next place that God has for you mm-hmm. and actually keep you on a trajectory toward God yeah. and, and wherever that takes, you know, so okay. it's to me, uh, just understand, uh, for me personally, you were asking, how would I would, uh, how would I look at, how do I look at them when I look at them that way? Like, well, this is something God gave to me that they are the gift yeah. <laughs> and God gave the, that gift to me and to our church to help us to, uh, uh sometimes guide us sometimes uh, correct us, mm-hmm. sometimes instruct us, um, but most of the time to really uh, anoint us with the power of God to be what God made us to be. Yeah. Well, and as you're talking, I was thinking about, you know, with other fivefold gifts, we know that um, their purpose, yes, is to f- to function in that office, but also to impart who they are into people, yes. right? So that the people, it's not just the, there's an apostle in the church and they do all the apostling. It's like <laughs> they actually are supposed to train people mm-hmm. how to do that as well yes. and to instill in them the heart of a father or the heart of a mother or the heart of a reproducer, learn how to look at things and how to bring them mm-hmm. into order. A lot of things that the apostle is yeah. appointed to do. But I was just, as you were talking, um, I was thinking about, you know, a lot of times the the people who are apostolic, now whether they are operating in the the full mantled office of an apostle or an apostolic grace, we'll say, mm-hmm. um, they have the ability to see things in people and see gifts in them and know where they're supposed to be functioning. And uh, I think one of the things that we can really do to help ourselves out as receivers from apostles is that when they when they say to you, you know, hey, I see this gift in you, I think, you know, you should try doing this. And this is what I believe the Lord's appointed you to do is actually like believe that and be willing to receive it and right. step into something that we may not see in ourselves. Because right. I believe that's one of the anointings on an apostle is to take people out from where they are and put in them a faith for who for who God says that they are and actually begin to pr- encourage them to function in their true identity. Yeah. You know, but and, for us to, we have to actually receive that from someone who's apostolic. Like, I don't see what they see. I don't, I think they're crazy. I don't want to, you know, I mean, I don't see, I don't think I have the ability to do that, but I believe that there's an apostolic anointing on this person to speak into my life and to call out the things that are in me that maybe I haven't totally yeah, realized well, yet. Well, matter of fact, uh, like, you know, Pastor David, you know, he's a daddy of two little girls mm-hmm. and if his whole job as a father was just to teach and instruct, mm-hmm. um, you know, they would really be missing a lot of their lives. Yeah. They, they wouldn't, they wouldn't grab onto everything that God's made, you know, uh, uh, the possibilities that mm-hmm. God has put in them. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so as a father, his job is to actually speak into them about their purpose, about their uh, possibilities, about their future, uh, you know, and not limit them, but because he, you know, he may or may not know everything about what they'll be and who mm-hmm. they're called to be and their mm-hmm. gifts and all those things. Nobody knows that. Actually, I don't think, 
I think someone has been walking with the Lord 12 million years. They still might not know everything. God yeah. may unfold something new and you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. You know, <laughs> But with a child, if, if everything about them is either limited or if they're just ignored, mm. that they, they actually you stunt their growth because they never uh, begin to believe about possibility. Mm. about promise from God, about where, what God, uh, how God sees them and how God, and by the way, I, I'm going to say this when you're, when they're young, just like people who are younger in the Lord, um, in many ways, you are God to those people. Mm-hmm. And now that sounds, mm-hmm. you know, blasphemous. Everybody, oh, you think you're God. No, I don't <laughs> think you're God. Uh, the, but the deal is that that's the position, that's the anointing, that's the representation you are because they are so new, they have no idea of mm-hmm. really of who God really is. Mm-hmm. And he begins to reveal himself, but he also, he does that process through people, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So if you're one of the people who are a gift to the body, to be an apostle, to be a father in the body, then you, you're that process. You're revealing the father's heart mm-hmm. to the to people initially, right? And you're, and that's when uh, they're beginning to believe in the possibility of their of their assignment on yeah. the earth. Yeah, I think one of the most beautiful things, you know, is um, how apostles were often renamed. And so like Peter was Simon and Jesus said, no, you're a rock. You're, you're Peter. And Peter hadn't really seen that in himself, you know, and Mm -hmm. Paul, um, you know, he had, he got a new name as well. Right. And so is this idea of, of Jesus, you know, working as an apostle and, you know, if we have that role as a father, we are speaking that of like, Hey, you might not see this in yourself, but here it is. You know, like, like you said with my little daughter, Lainey, now she's two years old. And so I'm always like, Oh, you you're so funny. You're so beautiful. You're so strong. You know, yes. I just say those things because I want her to know that I want that to be like in her backbone, not just like, um, and I think that's the role of a father to like direct and to call out things yeah. that might've been buried and give them that strong identity. So, um, I think that would be a beautiful thing that you could do as an apostle is to, to give people those names that God sees in them and really drill that in, drill that into them so that they believe, like they believe God's purposes for them. Yeah, matter of fact, uh, Pastor David, I feel like uh, God's actually speaking to somebody right now mm-hmm. about that, mm-hmm. um, it, about who they are. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, what I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit is there's so many people who have never been told who they really are in God and the possibility. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, what I'm hearing is they've been told just the opposite of what they can't be and right. who mm-hmm. they shouldn't be. And they've been kind of... Uh, uh, snuffed their their desires, their hopes, their their possibilities have been just covered and snuffed out mm-hmm. uh, before they got birth. And you know, I want to speak to those people by the Holy Spirit that um, God knows you, and as you establish yourself with Him, and when you establish yourself in a good church that has apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. And they they operate with the the gift properly. You'll see that they will be able to speak into your life everything who you actually are, not what you've been told you're not. Mm. And yeah. yeah, sorry, I went off on a little no, tangent no, it's there, great. but I believe that yeah, God I'll just add is, on to yeah. that. And then you have to receive it. Yes, because that's the other part. You can hear someone tell you every day. Mm-hmm. 
who you are or that they love you or that you're valued, but there actually has to be a reception of that. And that's our, you know, God sends the gift. He sends the gift of apostle. It's the job of the church to receive them. And mm-hmm. the church is not an organization. The church is you. The church is me. <laughs> yes. I have a responsibility and the privilege of receiving an apostle, receiving a prophet, receiving a pastor into my life and allowing them to be who God created them to be to me. Yeah. You know, and that's, that is a key here is that we have to be open to receiving, you know, when a, when a, when an apostle says, this is who you are, there has to be a, a mind change mm-hmm. there, which is, you know, what is mm-hmm. the word repentance oh, yes, <laughs> there? Because, and it is, I have to repent of the way I viewed myself, the way I thought I was, the way I thought that God created me and be, and, and become open to the possibility that there's something about myself that I have yet to learn yeah. and that he can bring me into that. And he will. Well, as soon as you make that shift in your mind, he's so gracious to begin to teach you and to train you and to open up new possibilities for you that you never, you never realized. Yeah. And he uses those fivefold mm-hmm. to help establish that. Yeah. That's when you really know you have a really, you're in a really good place, uh, church, with God. And that is where they're all there functioning, helping you go. They're pointing you always in that direction. They're pushing you. And there's so many people, like I was saying, like I just felt from the Holy spirit, like there's so many people who've grown up in, uh, they don't know what father is <laughs> They have not, they're, or their idea of father is so weird and broken. It's just, and so they come to God. They're just, they don't trust anybody. Mm. Right. And so one of the key things you said about, uh, you know, is the ability to receive is not just to go, okay, well, this person, and listen, there are people who like, they're very leery of everybody in church, mm-hmm. especially anybody who has an authority or an anointing or a place, uh, you know, in yeah. church, they're very leery. Like, what do they want from me? They want my money. Do they want this? Do they want that. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying there are churches that where people aren't in it for themselves. They're in it for your benefit. They're yeah. in it for to help establish you in the faith, yeah. to help to help you see God who you know and see who you are in God mm-hmm. and help promote that mm-hmm. situation. And that's the kind of church you want to be in. <laughs> you don't yeah. you don't want to be in a church that's all, you know, if you're in there, you know, you know, 20 minutes on Sunday and in and out and nobody's you don't know anybody, nobody knows you that there's some issues there that uh you're not allowing someone to have that apostolic anointing into your life or that pastoral yeah. anointing into your life, that teacher anointing. You, you never settled long enough to be taught, yeah. to be uh, inspired, to be, you know, to be wrapped by God. Mm-hmm. And I want to give honor to a lot of um, churches and denominations that aren't quote unquote apostolic. They don't have any capital A apostles <laughs> um, or anything a. like that. They might not even believe that that's biblical, but they are apostolic in the sense that they share themselves and they pastor and they care for you. They give opportunities. Yeah. And I was raised in churches like that, that would give teaching opportunities and would send and would, would give ministry responsibilities. And um, it was always very healthy there because yeah. there wasn't that hoarding, grasping of authority. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's poisoned a lot of people towards the apostolic or even more just other elements of the fivefold prophets, you know, things like that, because they felt that those offices were used for control or they were used to exalt a person or a personality. Um, And the person put themselves above the scripture. 
Yeah. And so I, I just wanted to put this caveat in there. If anyone's listening, who's a fault finder like myself, right? Like we, we always <laughs> need, we finder. need to, um, <laughs> we need to receive the apostolic, like Liz was saying, um, provided that it's consistent with the scriptural revelation, with yeah. the faith that's been once delivered mm-hmm. to um, the saints through the apostles of the lamb, through the 12, right? Yeah. So if anyone comes and says they're an apostle, but they're, you know, their lifestyle or their doctrine conflicts with biblical doctrine, that's not one to receive. So I just put that out there as our little, right. you know, teaching caveat there. Um, <laughs> teaching but caveat. if you're part of a church where it is the spirit of, hey, this is consistent with the truth and they're, you know, these people are are lifting me up, they're fathering me, they're mothering mm-hmm. me. Why not receive that? Why not trust God? Why not like, why yeah. not let someone help you? Help yeah. me help you. Help me help you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so nice when you have a, uh, when you are in a church that recognizes the fivefold and, uh, you know, really br- it, it brings attention to the fivefold. It can identify the fivefold. Mm-hmm. It's really nice for that. Like you're saying, there may be churches, and that's part of what we're doing here today. We're bringing mm-hmm. attention to the fact that there's this fivefold going on. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That's a nice term, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, may not even be biblical, eh? <laughs> but it's five, yeah. it's five people, <laughs> you know, five anointings that God gave to the church. And But you may be in a church, like you say, that doesn't, actually identify him by name necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I believe that by the spirit of God, you know who your father in heaven is mm-hmm. and you know who your fathers on earth are mm-hmm. and your mothers. Like, you know, because they, they take time for you and they, and they're not afraid to speak into your life. What is convenient for you, yeah. not just for themselves. And so th- there's a quite a bit that goes on there in the fivefold. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> well, I want to say too. Um, you know, we love we love the gifts of the Lord. He gives great gifts. It doesn't mean that you know when someone becomes an an apostle, <laughs> uh, when they're about recognized as an <laughs> apostle, it doesn't mean they're a perfect person. You know, because I think sometimes people get very disillusioned. Oh. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, they get very disillusioned when they meet someone who's an apostle, and they're. A human being. They're, they're <laughs> <You know>? people. <laughs> they're a person that has their own weaknesses and their own struggles, and they do their best to uh, live a life that other people can emulate, like we talked about, and to point them to Christ. And even in their weaknesses, point them to Christ. Um, but it's important to remember that, um, you know, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, even the most seasoned, wonderful, holy, God fearing, devoted person is probably going to make a mistake every yeah. now and then. And if you're walking in relationship with them, you're going to see, definitely see it and maybe on the receiving end of it right. also, right? Like uh, we talked about Barnabas and Paul and John Mark, right? Here's someone made a mistake there. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe, all a few, of them. maybe all of them, <laughs> maybe a few different people, um, but that didn't stop them from walking in their anointing. Right. Um, didn't stop them from coming back together later. You know, here we have Paul having to confront Apostle Peter, mm. right, for his double standard he was bringing into his right. life of how he conducted himself among people. Galatians 2. And Peter walked with Jesus, you know, and he still stumbled into something that was not, it wasn't right. And Paul had to go correct him, and he received the correction. You know, but I'm just saying, I just, I just want to point out to people, because I think sometimes we get, we put these people on pedestals like, they're the holy, the holy ones, you know, who are more spiritual, who are more godlike, and they, and then the minute they make a mistake, 
they, howl they fall off their throne, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's understanding that these are people who are gifts from the Lord right? and you can receive from them, even though they're not perfect, even though they make mistakes, you can still receive the gift and anointing that God has on their life and receive it into your life and learn and learn from them. Well, even the apostles of the lamb, probably at times, not probably, they definitely looked at Jesus and went, that's a mistake. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, do it that true. way. <laughs> like, we should do it this way. I mean, mm-hmm. this is why, as a matter of fact, the Lord really speaks to this because they're humans. They're mm-hmm. people. They're people. Mm-hmm. They're not any different. They they have an assignment on their life. They have a anointing on their life, but they're people. And if we don't give them the opportunity to just be people in our lives, right. we, we're putting them in a position that uh, nobody can attain. Like I said, not right. even Jesus. Now, And that's why, you know, I, I think a good father, I think about the... Think about the apostles, and you know they're sitting around with Jesus. Well, Maverick, they even went and got their mother. Right. <laughs> they're like, "Hey, who's going to be greatest?" Right. <laughs> you know, Jesus is like, "Ay, vey, what oh are God. you guys doing here?" <laughs> He's like, "You, what are you doing?" <laughs> He's like, "You're arguing over this stuff. You, what, you don't know what spirit you're of. <laughs> you're weird, <laughs> you know." And, but uh, but he still loved them. Yeah, he didn't like kick them out of the apostle school. Right. <laughs> That's it. You're gone, <laughs> and take your mother with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, they they you know they so they are having issues. So they were bringing their worldly mindset, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. into this godly position and saying, "I want to be the best. Can I sit at your right hand? Hey, can I be that guy? And who's going to be greatest here? You know?" And God and Jesus like. Really, this is not supposed to be this way among you guys, you know? Yeah. No, you're with me. You're carrying my father's heart. Mm-hmm. So I came to serve everybody. Right. I didn't, right. and you know, and because of that attitude, he was lifted up, right, and raised and put in a seat of honor that every knee would bow to and every tongue would confess that he's the king. Mm-hmm. That That, I believe, he worked that out in his life here on earth as a man, to be a, a, a humble man of God, but a true father that was willing to, uh, uh, you know, like I said, empower people, and but also correct them, direct them, inspire them, validate them. All of those things have to come into play, but we can just turn it into a, a title grab. Right, right. One yeah. of the most helpful insights into the heart of the apostle is in First uh, Corinthians 15, where Paul's talking about how he became an apostle um, out of time yeah. after the 12. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm the least of all the apostles. Nevertheless, I worked harder than yeah. any of them, <laughs> but it was not I, it was the grace of God who yeah. was with me. And so Paul knew his flaws. Uh, Liz had a really funny Facebook post the other day of all the times that Paul got really irritated. And that's always a good uh, I am word greatly study. annoyed with yeah. you. He was greatly, greatly annoyed. Uh, he wanted to change his tone. There was all these times that Paul lost his cool a little bit. So he was aware of his humanity, but he was also aware of how the Lord used him and how everything yeah. that he did was through the grace of God, the anointing. Yeah. And so it's interesting. It says that we're debtors in Romans 8, not according to the flesh. Um, there's a hymn that says, to grace how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. So every day we go deeper and deeper into debt mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. We we take more and more grace from him every day, and he never wants us to pay it back. He wants us to go deeper and deeper into grace and into debt. And an apostle knows, if I've been given this number one calling and I've been given all this, that means I'm the greatest debtor that there is. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, we can be imperfect people. 
um, but we know how much grace there is. Yeah. And we have to have grace for leaders too. And Absolutely. people that have these offices that they mm-hmm. need grace as much as we do and mm-hmm. probably more, <laughs> even yeah. more than we do if they have that position. So maybe that can be a helpful mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a great uh, discussion today. We're going to continue on with some of the other fivefold offices. So I'm looking forward to, to those. So yeah. please join us for our next discussion. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, visit spiritschoolofministry.com.